Welcome to episode number 119 of the Couch on Ice podcast. I'm your host, Rylan. We have very little news or anything to say today. So, this is going to be a very laid-back podcast. We're going to be saying a lot of wrong stuff, like always. Um, a lot of stuff that isn't true, because there is no true facts other than maybe four things we got today, Jordan. Um, yeah, i Little bits here and there, but like I said, laid back, us making stupid predictions. Uh, we got an interesting overrated player subject where we're going to have to defend uh, a player of the current or past who we deem overrated. But before we get into anything fun, interesting, or laid back, <laughs> I say interesting, let's get into the news. I'll throw it to you, Jordan. Because I don't want to start on a somber note, but we're going to start on a somber note, unfortunately. Because uh, I just heard about it 10 minutes ago. So, why don't you tell us about Nolan Patrick? Yeah, he uh, he's done for the season again. He It's deemed an upper body injury. I think that means it is a head injury, because if I recall... I was reading it has relations to the head hit he took from McKinnon when he was last playing. Was it McKinnon or McDavid? I think it was McKinnon. Oh, was it McKinnon? Okay. I didn't. I, you said McDavid earlier, so that's why I... I think I, it was McKinnon. Fair enough. I, I can't remember who it was either, but... Uh, but essentially, yeah, he will be on LTIR for the entire season again. Uh, an interesting stat that I found around that he has played 222 games in his career and he has missed 148 so he has nearly missed as many games as he's played he will this season um yeah based off he will based based off your uh saying he's out for the season i will throw it to you chase um thoughts on patrick being injured again yeah, I heard a little bit about uh, him possibly being out for quite a while, and that's not good at all. I can hear that, but yeah, they, they could really use him on their bottom six, but I guess they've been able to live without him for for quite some time, and I don't know, man, that's heartbreaking, that's heartbreaking, I'm so scared for yeah, this guy. No kidding, I'm... It, it could really be the end of his career. Very, very possible that this he never plays a game in the NHL again. Uh, this sucks. I have been very intrigued by this player ever since I've seen him play hockey, which would have been uh, some highlights of him in his draft year when he was pegged to go number one the whole season until he got a wrist injury, and then Nico Heischer uh, ended up getting picked first overall. But Watch it! What an interesting player. He doesn't really play like anyone I can ever think in the league. He has a different type of skill set that isn't every day or any day, honestly, I've seen in the league. So I was really pumped to see this guy grow as a player and what type of player he can mold into. Um, I'm still holding out hope that he comes back from this. It's not over until he yeah. says it's over, obviously. 
but like at the same time i'm starting to lean more to the fuck hockey just get your brain good dude so you can live a normal non-cloudy life like that sounds horrid so i i I hope you can just get good to be if this doesn't become a serious everyday life problem that's my biggest fear now yeah of course but do you guys jordan do you have any final things to say about him before we get into two signings no i think chase put it back when he said that the team has been fine without him they will be fine without him but most importantly we just want him to get better him to be able to play in the nhl regularly yeah absolutely or at least not have or, head yeah, issues in general right um but let's move over to because we're gonna take like another half a second on this because i'm scraping for news in the league right now um we got some chicago signings we got caleb jones and Philip Kurashev signing one-year deals. Caleb Jones comes out to $1.35 million. And Philip Kurashev is a league min one-way deal. Nice. So he didn't, yeah, it was, that was a rough year. I thought he was going to have a way better year old Philip Kurashev. Yes, it rough. was a rough year. It's <laughs> uh, rough. So I guess, what, is it only one year you said? One year, yeah. Both are one-year deals. The old Swiss native, yeah, man. I, I see a lot of promise in this guy. So do I. Um, lots of, probably lots of playing time this year for him <laughs> if he really wants it. So. He's probably taking Doc's minutes, so yeah. Yeah, hopefully he can wrestle his way out to the old roster. But Caleb Jones, it seems, it seems decent. One three five. Got to get the cap Pretty. floor somehow after you trade Taves and <laughs> Kane. I'm not a little surprised it's not more. I could have seen, like, 1.5. Yeah. Especially, yeah, uh, like you said, got to hit the cap floor, and he's not, it's not like he's not worth 1.5. Yeah, he had a really good season last year. I was really impressed with him. Actually, I thought I he was, was really I thought he was the better Jones at times for Chicago, <laughs> honestly, especially at the start. Um, I know Seth really did start to settle in there more. I don't want to harp on him too much, but... No, Caleb was very consistent on a defense that was very, very inconsistent. So, uh, I'm, I'm very happy for him to get this paycheck. I hope he continues it, because I've always wondered when I saw him in World Juniors there, and he was really good in the World Juniors, like, seven years ago or whatever it was, eight years ago, and was wondering if he could become a player, and maybe he's still Ken here in Chicago, hey? Yeah, Absolutely. But that is all we got for signings, unless, Chase, you can scrummage up a minute about Jackson Cates in Philadelphia signing a one-year 775 deal, if you want to bring that up. Uh, he, was, uh, he played some games, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he did. He played, like, 11 games. Yeah, I didn't know about this guy until basically, like, this year, so no, they can't really say anything. <laughs> but I know, uh, what about Jake LeCision? There, yeah, Sorry, Jake LeCision. Three-year deal. That's one I'll bring up, because he was born in Saskatchewan, grass nice. wood. Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, no, he actually filled in quite decently. Nothing, like, special. I think I saw his uh, player card. It was just ugly. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, he's just a smart, like, solid, sort of not flashy player. I don't yeah. know. I, just, I think he'll be able to kind of stick around in the bottom sort of role. 
maybe take a bit of that uh, Patrick position for the season while he's out. Maybe you can fill in a little bit uh, on that depth center for them. That would be cool. Would be pretty cool, but that is all I got for signings and such. Chase, did you want to bring up the World Juniors at all? Because we didn't bring it up last podcast, and it's the only oh, hockey we... that's actually going on. So I could throw yeah. it to you if you want. You can bring up some cool stuff going on. Yeah, what is all going on there? I'll try Do you want to, to start with the obvious? Into... The Kent Johnson of it all? Oh, yeah, yeah. No doubt, hey. Yeah, Hit the little magic Michigan? man. The next magic man. The next uh, magic man. Kent Johnson doing the old whoop-de-whoop, whatever Michigan. call it, you know. They say the Michigan, whatever you say. Um, I call it the Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of feel like it's still the Crosby. Like, is it, I, 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 yeah. To me, it's always been the Crosby because that's where I first yeah. saw it was him in Oceanic doing it in the queue. But I technically yeah. the first ever place was in Michigan University. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beauty move. It is Don't a beauty move. What you call it, that's for sure. Um, yeah. It's crazy that they're scooping it. Like, you usually see them, like, pick it up more or less with, like, the pressure of the stick and whatnot. Yeah. Just scooping it nowadays just with, because you got so much speed and whatnot. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's, no, yeah, there's not enough time for you to scoop it onto your stick and the goalie will know what you're doing by then. Like, yeah, you almost have to do that, like, slick little slide under scoop, yeah. like you're saying, right? Yeah, somebody else tried it, like an American tried it. I think it was Cooley or somebody, and they missed it. Like, it's so tough to do because in all reality, you can't. It's hard to look at what you're doing, and uh, once yeah. you get it up and start going, like there's no. It's all momentum, to, like, then. Yeah. You know, you yeah, can't adjust to like at so fast of a speed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like when you train it, you know, you can go a little slower so you can practice it. But in game speed, you don't get that opportunity to slow down. Which no. Is, just be as much more impressive. Yeah, I I can recall once where I went to try it in a game, and I will tell you that it, it is impossible. It is insanely hard because, like, I learned how to get it onto my stick, but by the time I went and I actually got it, like, tilted to get on my stick and looked up, the goalie's shoulder was in the corner like this, and he was swinging his stick at me. The other D-man was already swinging his stick, too. So, like, there's, it's just unreal how fast they're doing it, how accurate they're putting it in those top corners. Like, absolutely yeah, brilliant. It's pretty light almost. It's, it's lightning fast. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy for these guys. Nowadays. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty sweet, but I'll move on to, like, um, I'll go to Ridley Gregg really uh, for Greg. Canada. Stick with the Canada theme because, yeah, he's been just absolute fire. He's been exactly what I hoped he was going to be. Yeah. He's still a point for me. I was actually going to bring that up exactly. I've been super incredibly impressed with his performances. Even touring tonight against uh, Finland. Finland, I think that was. Yeah. Yeah, that was huge, man. Yeah, no, he's just yeah. really becoming that third line force that they needed and really carrying that extra little kick that making it impossible to lose you know like yeah. when they're playing like that they're actually like winning the games 
we always like play that good usually, but we don't all, we're not always winning right. some of those games. Sometimes you know we lose one here and there, but it just doesn't look like that's gonna happen. And I have a feeling it has a lot to do with just the depth of him going out there. Like you know, it's just like oh my god, just another line almost. You know, yeah, like right. McTavish is it's just three, oh that McTavish Bedard line, dude. Oh my god. Like, I, I was just telling Jordan before you came uh, to get ready for the podcast, I am praying, praying that Anaheim just suck the biggest bag of dicks next year and are dead last so they can get Connor Bedard so we can see Zeegs, McTavish, Bedard, and Drysdale all on one team in the NHL. Yeah, that is a dream I didn't know I needed until this tournament happened. Yeah. The bromance of McTavish and uh, Connor Bedard is something special. Honestly. It is. It's so insane how well they are together. And yeah. Love watching my boy McT, buddy. He's like probably one of my favorite players. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he's not even in the NHL yet. Um, but uh, he will be this year. Yes. The, the way the guy's been playing, he's been just an absolute beast. Yeah. Yeah, like, this guy's not only going to win this World Junior, probably he's going to win fucking, MVP. like, several cups and, like, Olympic or championships, world championships and, like, random stuff. Yeah. Like, if they ever miss the playoffs, he's going to that championship, just carry that team yeah, to man. victory. Like, this guy's determined, like, when he, he's like a, like, he's just, like, putt or something. Like, I don't know, he just bubble gum in and just fucking, go. yeah, let's go, just chilling, fucking... Yeah, just all, all day, man. That guy's all fun day. to watch. He's he, he's got no quit in him. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, to move on to like anything else, quick, like Sweden's looks just flat as fuck. Yeah. Uh, other than that, not, like, all snipe the time, by Lysol. Like, yeah, that was that was that, that was, was nice. That was the most pep I've seen in their step. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, they've been weirdly kind of flat. Very. Uh, I think. That last game, Wallstead like acting like he's taking the blame. It's like, dude, like your whole team's like not even like doing like. I didn't even notice Leather Mackey on the ice, yeah. which like sucks to say. Yeah. Because uh, I had uh, pretty high, high hopes in him, but um, yeah, that's been pretty rough. Uh, Finland's look real solid. Finland's look really yeah. good. Uh, that Hirvinen, man, oh my god. I can see why Leaf fans are excited about him. Like, fuck. Yeah. He is so yeah, talented. Yeah. He's, he's so good at batting pucks down. Saw him do it. Like, he, every time they they just get uh, Nimala, they're like, hey, dump it in as hard as you can. Doesn't matter how high it is, because he'll knock it down. Yeah. Seen it four yeah, times. I'm all about that Hemos Salmi on that yeah. defense, man. Fuck, does he look good out there? That's fucking sweet. Make it gross passes. It's awesome. Oh, I love yeah. watching guys make, like, the dope, like, basically pro play. And the other the other guy he's passing to is like, oh, fuck, caught off guard. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Gross, you know? Like, well, almost not ready for When that. you fool um, your own teammates for such a nice play, yeah. yeah. Those are the best. Yeah. Um, um, I do want to throw Atu Ratti while we're on Finland, too. He has yeah, been yeah. really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I'm he's looked, he's looked mature. Yeah, he has. I'm actually really intrigued to see him again, uh, like, n- not this coming training camp, but a following. Um, mm-hmm. For the Islanders, I wonder if he could make the team in two years. 
So far, what I've seen, I liked. Um, is there yeah, any other right. team you want to switch to? Yeah, I definitely got to bring up the States US, team yeah. this year. They've been absolutely dominant. They've been the chatterbox team to talk about almost. Yeah. They've been awesome. Like, they've real been. fun. Uh, Bordalo, I mean, there was a stat. He, they, they had like 63 faceoffs in the game. He was involved in 31 of them. <laughs> He was involved. He was in half of the fucking faceoffs, oh, and he won. Boy. He won twenty-one of those faceoffs. I'm like, not surprised. Well, I was actually laughing. I told my brother during the game. I was, I was like, "Yeah, uh, the fucking coach is just like, yeah, you're the only guy that's played in the NHL and fucking faced off against anybody." And guy. done it exceptionally <laughs> too, like and held in. Because didn't he? He played center the whole time as San Jose, didn't he? I think they tried to, yeah, I think so. I think so. He might have played a little bit of wing, but yeah, they did bit. have him at center. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, awesome. Love that. Um, the other wild story was that Kaiser getting two goals, um, and he didn't, he was a D-man. He scored two goals all year. Didn't even score a goal his first year in college or some shit, or wherever it was. Like, I can't remember now, Kaiser, uh, Wyatt Kaiser. But, yeah, this weird shit scores two goals in a game. Um but uh, this team's in fucking fire. fire. Uh, what am I thinking about? It was somebody else. Oh, yeah, the wings on here. They got that Carter Mazer. He's looked pretty fucking solid. Um, same with uh, Red Savage. That's who it is. Red Savage. Got a couple, yeah, got a couple uh, just worker bees out there. Uh, they're just awesome. That team's pretty... They had like four or five. I can't remember how many guys were part of the uh, Little Caesars development program where like Chris Rafer uh, helps develop uh, like teaching hockey and shit like that. So, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it was pretty, pretty cool. Good hard workers and nice. you know how to, how to play some hockey and know what she takes, buddy. Love to hear that. Cool Love to hear that. Part. Well, uh, before yeah. we close off on this juniors talk, who is your final official prediction to get the gold medal? I will start with you, Jordan. I I think it's Canada. Fair enough, Chase. Sadly, I will go with Canada. I usually go off base, but like I will go with Canada. I like that American team. Uh, Matt Nice, Logan Cooley, and yeah, shit, like they look good. They, they got a lot of firepower there. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm going with Canada, man. That's just next level. McTee and Madonna are yeah, way I too agree. good. And like I talked about Ridley Gregg, like not only the third-line centerman win your Stanley Cups, but they win in the FRK gold medals. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be boring as well and go Canada. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be U.S. in the final with them, and I think that's going to be a, like, one-goal difference of a game. It's just going to be so yeah, tight. Um, and will I be shocked if the U.S. win? No. Will I be pissed again? Very. But let's move off of World Juniors and let's go in to just chill, absolutely relaxed podcast where none of this is true. This is just coming from our brains. Uh, I have a small segment for us that can take couple minutes to a couple more minutes if we feel like it depends how you guys really feel 
the score came out with the five best goalies that the Vegas Golden Knights could potentially uh, go after in their predicament with the two goalies. Now, I'll list them all at once, and then you guys just pick your favorite, if there is any. Uh, if you don't like any of them, want to roll with what they got, fair enough. But who's your favorite, or at least most realistic, and what would you... Uh, yeah. First name, James Reimer from the San Jose Sharks. He's got a one-year left on a 2.25 million dollar contract. He's got some experience, only the one year, kind of the perfect ideal mold of a player Vegas wants. Our next player, again, very similar. Uh, Semyon Varlamov, five million, one-year deal. Uh, again, veteran, good goalie, one-year deal, nice, nice. Our third one, going with the trend, Jake Allen. 2.875 million for one year left. Um, our fourth player, Anton Hudobin. Uh, very outside the box with a lot of uh, issues that could come with it, but could be very cheap. 3.3 for one year left. And our final name, way outside the box, but someone had to throw it. John Gibson, 6.45 years remaining. I will throw it to you, Jordan, first. Is there a name or any of them that you liked best out of? Reimer. Gibson, Hudobin, Allen, and Varlamov. I really like Jake Allen, honestly. Interesting. I, Why? The more and more I think about it, I feel like Jake Allen would be a great option. Not only is he on the cheaper end, I think he's the perfect guy because your duo is solid that you have. It's not good enough, but it's not what I would consider bad. So throwing in Jake Allen a guy who could run as a very, very solid tandem, and especially with three guys that you can, you'd can, you want to put in, for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. I would yeah. go Jake Allen. Yeah, and maybe you throw in Brassois as a swap there for some money, and you could really utilize yeah, Allen later. Exactly. You could you could keep, or you could swap one of them, more likely the brisket, um, and run a tandem of Jake Allen and, and Logan Thompson. And I think that is equally as, as good. Absolutely. Because then you give Logan Thompson those games that he deserves. Yeah, I, I like that uh, like that option. Chase, who's your favorite name out of those five that you'd like to see Vegas get? <laughs> if any. Um, Do you need to list well, I don't mind the Rhymer thing. Um, or like an Allen sort of idea because they're one year. They're all one-year except for Gibson. Uh, yeah, except for Gibby. Yeah, no. Um, oof. Who's your one guy? How long is Brisket out? Like, if, I heard that he might be out for a solid Half the so season, maybe. Or, uh, to start the season from what I last heard. Might not be healthy, but... Yeah, I... Because uh, he's coming off hip surgery, so... Yeah, I heard uh, a couple months. That's all I heard. Yeah, so, I don't know, my weird idea that I had, or my latest weird idea, crazy idea, me, since we're talking about being full of non-truth, uh, <laughs> was picking up Aiden Hill. Because uh, you could get him for absolutely fuck all. 
probably, because it's the yeah. new manager. Why does he care about the two second round pick that they gave up for him earlier? It's all about a new, uh, seemingly, I don't know, what maybe he won't care as much. Take like an easy, th- just move up in the draft possibly, do like a third round pick or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I think it seems as simple as that. And then you have Logan Thompson. Maybe you sign, like, uh, a Garrett Sparks. Is Holby, can he do that again? Why not do that again? Right? If, like, if he why plays. Why not do that again? Like, what Dallas did with uh, Holby. Like, see if he can play. If he can get a, a few games, like, yeah. 10 games or something like that. Like, just to see if he can get, like, I don't see him wanting to quit, right? Like, so... Um, the worst case scenario there is he's on LTIR. That's probably like that's for surely what'll happen. Like that's where he's at right now. Yeah, is probably not healthy enough to play. So um, that was the weird idea I had was Thompson Hill and uh, um, Holby, and then Hill can you can just send him down, and he's like only a million dollars to the cap, and you could probably still make things work. Because um, the middle ain't too bad on the cap, and then you just have Leonard. You can activate Leonard at the end of the season, right? If he gets back in those last however many games, you know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'm, but you could do that with Reimer and trade him at like yeah. deadline or fucking something like that. That's what I don't. I just don't see those things happening, and that's why I go this way. And why I bring this up is because like, how do you actually do this? Because like. You're gonna probably want to activate Leonard at the end of the season if you can, right? But are you for surely saying no because like you have to activate him just to be able to play him in the playoffs? Right. That's like the rule nowadays. So yeah, it's a um, it's a t- it's a tough tough situation. They really kind of screw you over with the new rule. Like that complaining yeah. about Tampa being over eighteen mils really might Vegas right now because like. That makes this decision much more difficult, right? Yeah, Because, like, they could just been like, oh, yeah, whatever. We'll wait it. We'll just, like, get whatever. We, we could get Reimer, whatever. Like, for sure, we'll pay up for a goalie because, like, we'll keep him all year and we'll have him and Leonard right. or something like that in the playoffs. So, like, it's... Yeah. Um, I, I... It's an interesting way you go. Um, I, I definitely, for me, it's Reimer. Like, you mentioned him. I'm going to go in-depth with it more, I guess. I, I think he's the most sensible option because he's at a very manageable yeah. cap hit uh, for being the best goalie probably available out of those. That's not John Gibson because I'm just excluding him because that makes no sense to me for if you're Vegas and unless they, you're trading Leonard. Which yeah, they might be able to get back some of what they paid for with brisket if, right. they, if everybody's healthy. Yeah, they signed signed Brisket. Um, So I think think they'll be able to trade him. And I think what you do is you roll Reimer and Thompson. And you see how Thompson does if he can still hang. And like consistently as a real NHL goalie. And if he can, when Brisket's healthy, you rotate him in a couple games and then trade him to whoever for whatever you can kind of get. Because there will be a team that needs a goalie sometime in the season for cheap on a one-year deal. It'll always happen. Their injuries will happen. Who knows, right? Um, and then you just get what you can for him because I don't think he fits you as well as a Reimer will anyways. So you're improving there. And 
frankly, I just don't like the idea. I'm, I'm going the mindset, maybe you don't play Leonard at all. Maybe he's out longer than we even think. Like, we think the whole season. What if it's, like, season playoffs, too? Um, like, what if it's what if it's a situation where it may as well be right. season playoffs? And, like, that's the thing. You're so far away from that that, like, that's what I'm getting at. This is a fucking hard decision when, it is like, hard. you're not even close to where you'd be feeling out. Like, yep. maybe an answer to that. Like, you are uh, you have absolutely no idea. He could be, like, 100% yep. ready to go a month before the end of the season. Or he could be, like, what's really the point? It's still kind of weird at the end of the season. Right. And, and at the and same time, like, you can yeah. reevaluate. At... You made a decision at the start of the season based on whatever this is going to happen there. So, right. yeah, it's a real... It is a real decision, um, but there is a way out of it if things are looking up by the deadline. That is your window, right? You, yeah, you have right. to make your final That's decision it, yeah. at the deadline with if you do decide to go get this goalie with Brassois, that goalie, Thompson, and Leonard. You'll have to make yeah. your decision at the deadline, but I, I'm very comfortable with this team is already looking like questionable if they're going to make playoffs even with Leonard. Uh, you need the best goal you can get if you're this type of team. You can't have another season where you just miss playoffs. Yeah. Well, my advice to Vegas this year is you better be rolling three goalies. You better have three goalies on your roster yep. all year. Because like, that that's how the year's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Just keep three goalies in the mix. And, and that's something you could do up to the deadline, too. When Briswa is healthy, roll those three goalies and whoever's hot is is in like that's fine yeah, yeah. um the cap it'll work all out perfectly to the to leonard's cap it anyways and then if you know he's coming back you trade one just one of the other guys because you can send thompson down that's the beauty of logan thompson being your third goalie or second yeah. or third goalie. he's able to go down so uh it's gonna be tough very tough though do you guys have any final things to say on vegas before we shift over to our other topic um, well, I guess, like, technically, I guess you could put brisk, the brisket down to save some money, too, so. Yeah, no, it's an interesting little, little case. They really have these weird decisions where, like, what do you do? And they just go max out and yeah. deal with the fact that they'll have to pay or not pay for, or get nothing in return for losing an asset, basically. Exactly, right? right? Again. <laughs> probably gonna happen again probably is just yeah gonna lose an asset somebody will get the brisket or one of these goalies for just absolutely fifth round pick sixth round pick type of deal yeah just to take them yeah but i think it is time boys to go into our overrated player uh segment now i'm going to uh throw it to you to start chase I'll go right after, throwing on the spot, and then Jordan's going to finish because Jordan has two. So if we say one, he can go to the other one. So how this is going to go, we picked a player from either now or the past, whoever we wanted, and we have to state our case on why we think he is uh, the most overrated player in in the NHL, Um, or at least you're overrated to you. I will throw it to you, Chase. What do you got for us? 
Uh, I went so far away. That's okay. In the past. That's in totally past. cool. That's totally cool. Because then more okay. people can debate it. Took a weird direction, too. Because I don't really like doing this exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but, uh... I, I'm going with like the the, Cal, the the Calgary Flames organization for like 20 years, man. Like for Jerome McGinley's tenure is what I'm like, talking about, dog. Like, okay. <laughs> under underrated is not Jerome McGinley. What underrated or overrated, sorry, is is everyone else around McGinley. To have any sort of incline or hope to ever think that that team was ever gonna do anything ever close to winning a Stanley Cup is the most absolute biggest overrated joke I've ever seen in my life. And as a true Canadian hockey fan, I've seen so everything. This was the worst because they had. No playoff success. They did fuck all. And one run. It was so bad. It was so bad. Like, Jerome Gildo was so good. And no one else was. <laughs> and, like, why did anybody believe we would ever win? It was just, just like, what happened? What happened? What happened? All right. I want to know. Yeah, I am uh, I'm <laughs> going... I'm going to give this to Jordan to start because I know his mom is going to be very annoyed with that comment. Yeah, and I'm sure he has me. I've got is just, I think, I get what you're saying, and I do honestly agree, but not the whole team, because, like, immediately, Kipper was, was fucking solid. Yeah, I knew, I knew, we, we've got to bring up Kipper, because Kipper yeah, does get a tip, tip of the hat, Kipper for sure. Kipper is great. They're F, yeah, they're F for bombs, so I'll give you that. Yeah, like, I don't want to hate on individual players exactly too much, but, like, I'll hate on a whole bunch of guys <laughs> that were a part of just the, the worst <laughs> fucking 15 years of Jerome McGinley's life. So bad he left. <laughs> okay. Said, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here, dog. <laughs> I ain't doing this again. Um, the next again, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at this roster because I'm like, who's on this team oh, again? Oh, Craig Conroy, huge. That big cup run, Craig Conroy, Sean Donovan, Martin Jelena, like just. The most mediocre players, like, to play the game. Like, yeah. not first-line players. I don't know if they ever were first-line players. Like, Well, I, with I, the Ginla, they were. So much from back in the day. Like, that's the thing. Like, goddamn, man. I know these guys weren't fucking first-line. What the fuck is going on here? They're yeah. a defensive team, though. Like, that was, this was a little bit older. They were still... This was right before the lockout and stuff so it was all like boring hockey stuff and like <laughs> real defensive they were one yeah. of those super defensive teams with daryl sutter the old school yeah sutter. that's that's what um, i'm thinking about here is like 
He they kind of got like coached their way through everything. Like you said, like block shots galore from this team. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I can't really say you're wrong in people yeah, saying that this the, team. The yeah, like like barring the two names there, like you guys said, like I mean, like Robin Regeer was an all right D man. I I do. I, he was I okay. Say that, like, but like he was definitely a guy that was like it was an elite a four five year career. Yeah, where he was like actually playing good. at his best, and like that was he was good. That was when they went to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. That was. That was it. Like and and like you know, I will so like, say, I do give a tip, tip of the hat to him because why is this team in the playoffs for those years? Well, like right. Robin Regeer was in his prime doing that. Okay, absolutely. Um, but yeah, hey. And, and but I will say there is a lot of names here that I recognize for being just oh, consistent NHL players. Like Chuck Kobasu was consistent. Andrew <laughs> Ferentz. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Jamie McLennan yeah. was in net for this team, for God's sakes. Um, Mike Commodore. Um, like, there's a lot of guys here who are actual, like, Matthew Lombardi. Like, he was something for a season yeah. or two yeah. somewhere. Yeah, mm. Hell, remember Dion Phanos' big epic year? Like, yeah, double Dion, baby. Like, everyone remembers. Like, so, it was all just a fantasy all the time, though. Yeah, like, it was. You know, they swapped through these random dudes that were exactly very respectable players, but it was, they were just random just dudes average. after Aginla and Kippersov. Yeah, and, you're kind of right. Like, it was never, ever enough to do anything. They went on a great run one year, and after that, it was held together by fucking Hope and Canadians fucking wanting it so bad. Right. Or like, I don't know. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing to really argue as much about that because it, it, everything made sense to me, honestly. They were yeah. pretty average when you break them down to like that. Uh, do you have any final uh, things to say on it, Chase, before I go? Uh, just like technically I could have done this on like almost every team during this era, every Canadian team during this era. Like, uh, yeah. Um, at least uh, Ottawa made the playoffs, so like you can't even go there with yeah. Danny. At least he had a chance, and like, and it wasn't um, just one guy. <laughs> yeah, hey, and it was literally dudes. just him. Um, so like, yeah, no, like Saku Koivu is the one that kind of is tough for me because it seemed like there was always the guys there to do it, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't want to get into it too much. Cause, Fair yeah, enough. Every, every, every team in Canada's kind of had that really long spurt in that time where it was just, we were just fooling ourselves. Yeah. Like, we went on, like, one miracle run, Edmonton and Vancouver. And, uh, just, yeah. Ever since that last Stanley Cup, Montreal got Canadians have been just nothing. Hey, yeah. like, just... Like, let's pitter-patter, let's get out of here, boys. Like, let's go, like, Jesus. Um, It's happening now. Maybe. see that's actually happening now. Like, I think these Canadian teams are actually on the good edge. Right. Um, For sure. Okay, we're going on a tangent, though, (laughs) like on a Canadian team. I agree with you. Please. I'm going to go. I'm going to throw out two honorable mentions of names I want to throw out there of older guys. Um, and I'll give reasons why I didn't pick them. One is because I couldn't bring myself to it. The other one is because I didn't have enough time. 
Wayne Gretzky, I wanted to do so badly. I do want to say that. But I didn't have the time to do the prep work to justify saying Wayne Gretzky. So I picked a different name where I didn't have to spend a couple days of like research and video and stuff to watch on. The other name was Martin Brodeur. But I refused to do it because he's my favorite goalie of all time. So I don't want to shit on any success he had, even though there's reasons he had success. But I'm going to leave it at that. I went with Tyler Sagan. And this one hurts as well. Because this is more of, he's overrated because of the expectation I have for him was sky high and he's not that so i'm gonna start with his contract because that's where everyone likes to start so i want to get it out of the way real quick here he is making 9.85 million dollars uh basically 10 million dollars a hair under for um eight years is when from when he signed it in 2019-20 until 26, 27. Now, he's already 30. And he'll be 35 with it. Now, he's getting paid to score at a level with guys who are getting 100 points. If you look at the scoring in the NHL and his stats, he's very good. Um, he has... Sorry, I'm just pulling up his stats here. So he had a really good couple seasons when he signed that contract. 73 points, 72 points, 78 points, and 80 points. A 40-goal season in there where I was like, okay, this is sagging. This is the real guy we're getting in 2017-18 uh, is the year I'm looking. But then he goes, he was a 50 points in 69, uh, 49 and 81. He's been injured. This guy should be lighting the world on fire based on his shooting percentage. He's in the 10 to 15 range for shooting percentage, which is elite, uh, very elite up there. Um, he has probably one of the best shots in the NHL, wrist shots in the NHL that no one talks about, that he really should score more. And in a league where JT Miller can get 99 points, where Elias Lindholm can get 40 goals, where these guys who are deemed as role players can get these goals, but a guy as talented as Sagan, who is beside Jamie Benn, the better part of Jamie Benn for a lot of years too, isn't scoring upwards of 90 plus points. Pretty underwhelming. Um, now, when I looked into it, he's very solid at face-offs. That was one thing I was looking to harp on, but he's actually over 50% and very underrated at face-offs. You're muted, Chase. Um, and he, he uses his size yeah, well. Not working. But uh, he isn't ideal in his own end, but the face-offs help with it. Um, it's just he needs, to me, like I said, I don't understand how he's not a 90-point-a-game scorer. Or a game, sorry. 90-point-per-season uh, scorer. He might average. be soon, buddy. They might trade for Kane. And they'll be him playing on the wing, Kane on the other side, and they'll just light it 
light it up. We'll get old Sagan. Another thing I want to bring up about Sagan is the fact that he's been hurt. He had yeah. that whole year off. Yes, he did. Um, played last year, which was his first year since that year off and getting healthy enough to play. People are saying, or a guy was saying, that like maybe we will get a different Sagan or maybe a more re-energized Sagan simply because you'll have a full off-season of not rehabbing. Yeah. Like an actual, like an off-season to like work out and maybe work on his game or just live and not deal with rehab and stuff like that. And obviously, we know what COVID was the last couple of years. So um, I I can see it going quite well. Honestly, yeah, absolutely. But I'm, I'm very worried, obviously, with everybody else about what's going on because he does not... He tried to play more of a defensive role. They tried to put him more in a more defensive role, and he did not strive very too too well at it. At all. Um, yeah, so it's it's worrisome, but I don't know. I, I think it's still there. Maybe a little switch of the dynamic of the lineup. Uh, maybe they really do got to get these kids in or do something, like I said, with Patrick Kane, get him in there and play him with Sagan and do an yeah. offensive line so then – you know, you got to really find a way to utilize Sagan and uh, Ben. And Sagan could probably be a second-line Phil Kesselish score if he's lost his legs so terribly, which I'm not truly sold on no, that being no. 30. Like, Crosby's not crazy fast. Like, Sagan should be fine. He should be able to play center. I, um, but, yeah, man, uh, they need, some, need somebody to be really great yeah and that can control the ice with him and get Ben on that third line for sure and that'll really like help everybody a hundred percent and the other thing I did want to throw in that I forgot to mention um something I'm very disappointed you kind of brought it up there Chase that they tried to turn him into the defensive center the fact that this guy isn't more of a power forward or defensively sound is unbelievable frankly based on how he's built and the way he plays and the talents he does bring onto the ice he's six foot one 200 pounds and he's always been very fast he's always looked big and and had really good balance he he definitely needed to use his size way more in his career they just didn't like he doesn't play his size unfortunately he looks it like visually but he doesn't play utilizing it. To me, so. I feel like it's, like, I actually feel like this is really dumb and childish, but I do feel it's like you played with Bergeron for three years. Like, why aren't you, like, so good? Yeah. You know, like, didn't you, like, grow up into, like, being this type of centerman? Didn't, wasn't that your first hand at seeing yeah. Bergeron and Krejci play the way they do? And it's not that he doesn't play like that. It's just that he doesn't excel right. at playing like that, which is strange because Very it's like, strange. well, what do you mean? Like, but and, and that's what and that's what bothers me. Like he just should be so much better. Um, but that's all I got. Yeah, it seems for, like he could for... be so much better. Yeah. Jordan, do you have anything to say or questions or anything? No, I mean, I think you put it you put it good. You put it well. I. I can't say I disagree. I'll put it that way. Fair enough. Now, I will throw it back to you then, Jordan. Uh, who do you got 
for your because you have two. I, I can I, I can two. almost guarantee it's not Calgary is one of them. Because <laughs> I don't think as you a went, team no. As a team, no, it's definitely not. Um, so if you want to reveal one and then go in depth about another, go for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll reveal the one I'm not gonna do, and then I'll go in depth on Absolutely. the other guy. The first name I had is um, definitely the one I thought I would do, Dion Panas. I was gonna say yeah, so Calgary. So Calgary, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no, partly Calgary, exactly. That's why I'm saving it because Dion was a part of that core, and then he moved to Toronto, and he was still average. But um, I will say for Dion Phaneuf, in 2012, a sports insider, I think it was, or something like that, did a, a poll with a bunch of NHLers, 160-some, and he, Dion Phaneuf was voted the most overrated, which I can't believe 160 NHLers, which is commented by Brian Burke at the time, who was uh, the general manager of Toronto. <laughs> he he was astonished that 161 NHLers put in, like, actual, like, who would they thought? Right. Yeah, man. Dion won that, and I don't disagree a decade later. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Not at all. Not at all. I, I will say his chicken has come to roost with time, um, and people have yeah. noticed very more evident now than that time. <laughs> so, oh, like, instantly when he went to the Leafs, everybody was like, oh my god. He is so he bad. Isn't that good. <laughs> Even though the game literally shifted from underneath his feet, and he's like, oh, so I'm allowed to kill people day one. And then day three happens, and it's like, you can't kill anyone, Dion. You can't do that anymore. The league's changed. And it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. So how I make a living, I can't do. But yeah, no, I agree. He was pretty, pretty bad then. But the who is your player? Yeah. The name I'm bringing up, a player I watched a lot when I was younger, so I can confidently say it, Alexander Semin. I'm I'm interested you said that. Me too. I was a big I was a big Alexander Semin fan. Understandably, watch him in in 07. He put up 73 points in 77 games, which was his breakout year. He was, I think. Fourth in in points behind Ovechkin, Crosby, and then two other you know top caliber names, and he was right behind them, which was fantastic. The next year, oh eight or seven oh eight, he has um, forty two points. That was an injury year. Not too much to worry about, even though he had injuries. Forty two points is all right. Uh, the next year, 08-09, he puts up 79 points in 73 games. Or no, 62 games. So, 62 games, he puts up 79 points. The next year with Washington, he puts up 84 points in 73 games. He sounds like an elite player, right? Obviously. After that, I don't know what happened, but he fell off a cliff. After 09-010, where he put up 84 points, he didn't put up any point total higher than 54. 
for a guy who was making $7 million. Oh, that's a lot of money at the time, too. So bad that he was forced to be bought out by Carolina after they gave him that big ticket. I, I don't know. The only reason his play fell off was because he didn't play for it anymore. I saw a comment when I was doing some research where somebody said that it, he didn't have his heart in the game anymore. And I think that was exactly it. He went from being this guy who could have literally been one of the best, probably, wingers, especially Russian-born. He could have been up there with the names like Ovi, and he just didn't want it enough. Yeah. For me, that's why I'll have him as overrated, because he could have been so much more, and he could have been so good, and a lot of people think he was really good, but he only had those three, four years where he was stellar, before he just kind of bottled out. Yeah, um, underrated fighter, but... <laughs> <laughs> that took me a sec. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, probably has a really successful career playing the bongos now. Um, he has a really interesting, uh... His child is a very interesting middle name. I'll tell you that. I just found out. It's Alexander Alexandrovich Semen. Um, that's the most Russian yeah. thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I honestly forgot he was a hurricane, and then, like, memories just start flushing. Like, holy yeah. fuck, he was he a hurricane. He went for the Canes for a big ticket, and then the Canes bought him out, so he signed for Montreal for... Like for one point one or one point three million or something like that, and in fifteen games he only puts up a goal, a single goal. I remember him playing in Montreal. He would always push to the side because that was what he did. He was a quick winger, so he'd push to the side. He'd outskate you, but by fifteen sixteen, the guy had no legs. Yeah, no, fair enough. He signed Um, in Russia, I think, or somewhere. Yeah, KHL. He returned to Russia December 15th. That was the old Brooks Leitch era. To Metalurg Magnitogorsk. That's where he played after. Yeah, just watching Alexander Semen. He was so good in Washington. And then he signed that big ticket, Carolina, and just nothing. Nothing ever came from it. He just didn't want it. Absolutely. I uh, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. He was, like you said, those, I didn't even know his point totals were that, that good um, that early. Like, I thought he was like a 70-point guy, not like an 80-point guy. I knew he had some pretty good yeah, seasons. Yeah, no, like, in, in, it was one of those years, I can't remember which one, I think it was 07, where he literally, he was like fourth in the league behind some of the league bats, yeah, that's uh, Crosby and Ovechkin. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Like, Wow couple great, yeah, great sick. seasons. Um, just falling off. <laughs> yeah, Eight like most players. players who fall off, you can account it towards something. You know, whether it's personal issues, it's injuries, it's coaching troubles, oh. it's the team, whatever. But Alexander Semin just nothing. It was There was no logical reason why he stopped playing so good beyond he just didn't want to. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Exactly. If I made, like, fucking $40 million in, like, fucking six years, I'd be pretty fucking okay with myself. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> There's man. There's a big rumor, apparently, <laughs> he, after games, used to go down to the bars, and he'd smoke, like, a pack. Like, Not shocked. Apparently... Not shocked. Dude, this guy's... Yeah, he, apparently that was what he was like. Like, this guy should be playing in the NHL. He's 38 right now. Like, he played fucking... He should... We, five, six years with Washington and just lit it up, basically. Yeah. This no, guy should have retired yeah. maybe last year, two years ago, at the earliest, based on his skill. Like... Uh, should have retired last year, getting traded... Getting traded to the Florida Panthers. Yeah, losing, like everyone. To the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Um, worth That's noting, he did put up a point per game uh, his first season with Carolina at 44 points in 44 games. Um, yeah, yeah. He didn't get more points in that and more games the next year, but <laughs> he did good in his first season. <laughs> yeah, That's why they didn't buy him out right away. But, no, good players, good answers. I'm sure there's a lot more. I kept thinking of, like, two or three in my head. I was sure one of us was going to say Jonathan Taves. Um, especially uh, you, Jordan. I thought that was going to be the number one name on your list. When oh, I texted no. that, I thought your eyes went, ka-ching, Jonathan Taves, I can shit on this guy. <laughs> the guy's got cops, so at least I can give him that. Fair That's enough, but... Overrated because of those cups, frankly. Dude, I don't know what's wrong with me, but ever since I, I don't know why, but every time I hear overrated, I literally think of like every Canadian team for like <laughs> my whole fucking childhood. It's just yeah, so just yeah. No kidding, Sandy. hey. Um, yeah, no kidding. I'm definitely thinking of a World Junior team from like twenty. 16-ish, 17-ish maybe to like 2019. Those like four years were brutal. Oh my god. Very recent ones, but we were not good and we were expected to win everything. Like always. But I think that's all we got for this segment. Let's move on to our final discussion point. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you, Jordan, again. And you can bring up your mock trade or trades. I don't know how many you got. And then we'll uh, yeah, see what we one. got for there. And if Chase, if you have any teams or anything you'd like to discuss for 10 minutes, then you can get it ready while Jordan throws up his mock. Yeah, so this was in relation to the Vegas situation. I obviously put my chips on Jake Allen. And so here's how I think that they should do it. I think that they should look to swap Jake Allen for Caden Korzak. I don't know if there needs to be picks either way, but as the player base, Jake Allen for Caden Korzak. I like that. I'd love because I like running the trio until at least the deadline. I think especially for a situation like Vegas, like you said, this isn't a team that's a shoe-in for playoffs. They need to pull something. Yeah, um, I I like that. I'm trying to think because, like, trying to think of a Montreal. I, I don't. I don't like it, but I like for for Vegas. I like it for Montreal because I yeah. think they'd love to take Korzak. But I think Vegas could, should keep. I think Vegas should keep the small amount of uh, prospects that they have right now and see what they can get out of them. Maybe give up a pick. 
that's where I'd be going. I'd be maybe okay with giving up a because they don't have this year's second, but like next year's second or something yeah. like that. Maybe this yeah, year's third. Yeah, I don't know So right, but yeah, yeah mine... man, I, I just like Porzak. So like, I think I'd be hesitant yeah, to get rid of him. Um, but uh, the value might technically it fits. might technically it might be fit. there. Um, yeah, I think depends what other people are offering for Allen. I guess that's my that's my biggest question because Montreal doesn't want to get rid of Allen. So like that's why I'm so intrigued by this because I instantly when you brought this trade up went into the mind of uh, Kent Hughes instead of Kelly McCrimmon. I went into like if I'm Kent Hughes, what am I willing to? What's my breaking point for Jake Allen? And because they do very, very much like having him as the goalie for when Price is always inevitably injured, um, <laughs> and I, I thought about in Caden Korzak, yeah, that probably definitely fits that mold. So I'm very intrigued from Montreal, but yeah, I, I don't like giving up prospects if I'm Vegas. But then when have I ever predicted Vegas to do anything fucking right? So give away another prospect, why don't you, Kelly? <laughs> I'm game. Do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because Kelly would do that. Because they got to get something. You can't get a goalie for cheap. For this, free. Yeah, like I said earlier with this team, this team is not in a position where they can sit and be like, we'll see what happens. They did that last year. Well, they're screwed now. Um, they can't have an entire season where they miss, like I said. They cannot. With the type of team they built – the assets they're giving away for free, and no, you just don't like. Can't miss, but yeah, agreed. Got anything else for us, Jordan? No, that's just the one. That is all. All right. Well, uh, Chase, do you have anything? I have something absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Well, you go. Yeah, it. absolutely. And so so insane. I'm not even gonna bring up part of it because too much um so first off that part that i'm not bringing up that i'll quickly bring up is sam bennett so we were talking about uh all the teams and gms screwing over florida being like we're not just gonna let we're not just gonna take hornquist on and make your team better for no reason whatsoever um because why would we help you right Uh, blah 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 so they want a player back so it ends up, this would be the base of the trade. I have no idea what sort of picks or what would make people happy, but Sam Bennett and Patrick Hornquist to Chicago for half-retained Jonathan Tays. There's something we kind of brought up the other other part, I believe. And, so, um, Sam Bennett, Patrick Hornquist for Jonathan Tays. Yeah, half retained taste. So yeah. that just it basically just gives Florida their flexibility to um, shed basically Hornquist uh, contract, save some money, um, fill up their team, um, and then next year they get more flexibility because Hayes would be coming off the books, and they could go take a different direction there or do whatever they want. Um, with that cap space and all those uh, buyouts, they're like, like six million or seven million yeah. on buyouts right now from Yandel this year. So they'll have um, like ten million in savings next year and stuff, and maybe they can really start. Like I don't like trading Sam Bennett, but that was the part that I didn't want to bring up. Go in depth too. But... 
here we are. Um, Jordan, do you want to <laughs> say what you think first of that one? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, <clears throat> I guess I like it. I don't, <laughs> I, I dislike giving up Sam Bennett, but it's I do terrible. like it's, yeah, it's not good. Giving up Sam Bennett, hey? But I do understand where you're coming from because, like you said, the league is going to make this as difficult for Florida as they can. Yeah, um, if, I agree if with Jonathan you. Jonathan Cruz has $5 million is the best you can get, take it. I don't think it's bad. I just don't know if it's the best you'll get. I, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm very <laughs> glad you preference that if there's nothing else you're able to do or get or another way of doing this, like, yeah, I guess like, you do it. Actually, yeah, like if they force you to actually get rid of somebody, look what happened with Columbus. They traded Dorkinstrand yeah. out of all the fucking people. I did, like, what? I'd pick Roslovic way over him first. Well, I'd be the yeah. first guy for sure if I was Nyquist, looking to shed some cap yeah. in Columbus. Nyquist so I'm a little, well. you know what I'm getting at? So Yeah, I know what you're getting at. My thought is, I wonder though, if that would be the situation. I know it seems a little heavy, but Hornquist at least worth like a second round pick yeah. just to shed him. So you kind of take that down on the price of Sam Bennett. Um, you're getting uh, a centerman back in Taze. It's not really not great value back exactly, but yeah. it is value to have for cap space afterwards. Though I love Bennett's deal. Like I, I'm not saying Florida fans are going to love this or something like that. Like oh, I said, they're going to hate that. Something They'll else hate they it. need to do to make people happy and whatnot here in this trade yeah. because I think Bennett has shown he's good enough to warrant, I don't think. Well, I mean, yeah. I like Sam Bennett in Calgary, and ever since he left, he's gone up another level. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love yeah, Bennett. Sure. I, I'm honestly, I, I give Chicago two middle fingers if they ask me for that. Frankly, um, I think I would rather sit and wait and just say fuck yeah, it, yeah. fuck it. I'll take anything. Like if I have to, like sit and do some bullshit where we're not as good, but don't make a trade. I'd rather do that. Then trade away Bennett for Hornquist. And my mind instantly goes right now where Florida's at the point of fuck it with their picks. Just do another one. If you're in that, that need, don't give up a player that helps you win now because they're trying to clearly win from now for another, what, five yeah. years? Trying to be very competitive. So, yeah, no. Uh, too good of a contract for the type of player he is. There's not many of him in the league. I wouldn't do it. I, I feel you. Hey, I don't think he's too unique exactly. of a player to me. Far is too that unique. Like four point four mil for like three years. Like that's pretty solid, man. Yeah. Um, I adore Verhage, and I would prefer giving up Verhage almost. And I adore Carter Verhage. Yeah, right. Right? like that's what I'm wondering is that like what is who is that guy like who is that guy because it has to be somebody with like at least a four million dollar ticket just to yeah. help the Panthers if we're talking just one trade uh, or one player sorry to shed um, but yeah no uh, that was all just trying to get into the fact of uh, Patrick Kane going to Dallas because okay. Um, I, I think there is something there. They could retain him half, and they can easily, they got like Kudobin, Gurianov, 
that can fill that void of the cap space to even it up for Dallas. Yeah. Um, they could even save a little bit more money and maybe throw in a Fasca if they can find something else. Um, but I doubt they'd probably get Fasca goals. But just such an anchor defensively, though he was just horrendous offensively last year. But um, with a guy like Delandra stepping in, or really anybody, Any honestly, the... maybe they can make some work. But yeah, uh, yeah, well, like just Guriano, Kudovin, throw some Wyatt Johnson, uh, maybe get like a Maverick Bork or one of those guys. I don't know. I feel Goven like I'd be going yeah. after Wyatt Johnson if I was Chicago. Uh, personally, I'd probably go okay. after Wyatt Johnson. But um, yeah, like I, I don't know. I think I think it's actually not very hard of a deal to make. Uh, I don't see why this almost won't happen. I think. I fully understand why they're saying Kane to Dallas because I think it's a there's a lot well, of ways that they can figure this out. No, it's crazy. Actually, I remember when Kane was in the news for um, potentially assaulting someone uh, back. This is when we were in elementary high first year of high school. I think Jordan actually so grade nine it was a long yes. time ago. I think he was linked to Dallas. Was the, one of the two teams that was like, "We want Tyler," or "We sorry, we want Patrick Kane," and they were actually willing to. I think the trade was like Jamie Ben and something else at the time, and like, I can't remember what it all was, but it was all around because like, is he going to be allowed to play hockey next year because of his personal life was the question. So I do remember Dallas in there. So it's interesting that you bring them up again, and they're rumored again. Yeah, I, I like it, honestly. I think they have the assets and they have, more importantly, the expendable players with the cap. Yeah. Do you want to repeat it to me one more time, just in one fluent trade? Uh, yeah, so basically what I have is Gurianov, um, Kudobin for just cap reasons, and Wyatt Johnson. And I threw a second-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick in there. Kind of thinking that Chicago probably wants to walk away with a pick out of the deal. And a second-round pick gives them two picks in the first, second round for the next two years. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it was, it's a lot. It's, like, way too much now that I look at it because um, uh, I did have, like, yeah. I don't yeah, think it's I don't think it's way too much actually at all. I'm actually wondering if that second should need to be a 2023 or if that should be a 2024 or something like conditional first. Oh um, man! I, I, this is Patrick Kane at five and a half million dollars or five two five million or whatever it is or seven yeah, two five. Right. Like this yeah, isn't just that. like a really good top six. This is the best American hockey player of all time, arguably. This is like <laughs> yeah. three-time Stanley so Cup champion, most talented player This of his group of players' age with the puck. Like, yeah, and he, what is he, 34, 35 or something like that? Like, he's still got it. Man. Yeah, 35. So I, I don't think you're, you're over-escalating it. I actually think you're like still maybe need a little bit of a boost to get it done. Dallas should be uncomfortable with this trade to make this fair is how my mind goes because they're getting the best player out of it which will make them much better 
Um, so Dallas should be uncomfortable with the amount of assets going away. That's how I think about a Patrick Kane trade, wrapping my head around it. I don't know if you guys yeah, agree or disagree. Which, if you disagree, it's totally cool. I get it. I'm, I'm He's just 35. Sure what the and one rental year. market is. On yeah. People, you know, because like it, rentals are starting to, they're starting to get a real awareness for what a rental truly means. Like you got to stop paying super duper OPS for some right. of these guys, but uh, he might be an exception. I think these know? type like, of I guys feel are like exceptions. You're onto something when you say that because, in reality. Like, this is like a one. It's like trading Matthew Kachuk at the deadline. Yes. Yeah. For a one-year thing or something. Like, you're probably right. going to give up some decent stuff. Like, let, let me let me ask you this. Like, if I asked you five years ago, do you picture Chicago trading Kane at all, period? You'd say no. Um, okay. Now it's like he's gone. He's And we have to rea- realistically look for a trade, like, and it's Patrick fucking Kane. Ah, oh, no, the, but the way you're think, I'm thinking of it now too. Though, like they're they're pushing them so fast out the door that like they might take just an offer. Like if they haggle, that is what I'm saying. They can get that maybe first in 2024 conditional, yeah. well, or that 2023 like, second for sure. Like it, do, it doesn't seem like Kyle Davis is gonna wait for the best no. deal for like a year or something like that. He's going to take the pretty decent deal people right offer away. and say, you know what, that's not bad, you know, like, I'll take that. I have to make the best out of it. That's what I have to do, you yeah. know, like, by taking that to bring that deal, it was a big statement to say, yeah. like, we're straight up rebuilding, like, you know. Yeah. But no, I, uh, yeah, it depends. It depends when you're, if we're you're making gonna this. We're going to make these picks into players, and they're going to help us, and that's how it is. And yeah. we're going to start a new, whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah, this is a weird one. It's weird. Uh, Jordan, do you have anything else to add about the stream? Can no, I get weird? I, would, I think you're right. I think it's it's near enough, but I don't know if it's. I don't know. I don't know the market for Patrick Kane yet, but I think it'll be a lot. It'll be a sweepstake for him. Yeah. Then I keep looking at that Eichel trade, too, and I'm like, fuck, you can't even get something for Eichel like that. I know he's injured, but I don't know. This world and trade market's stupid, and I think these GMs need to, like, take a second look sometimes when they're making these decisions, like trading Pacioretty for fucking nothing and such like that. Like, these shouldn't be happening. Marc-Andre Fleury should not be traded away for nothing just because of cap. Like... So how she goes, Doug. Oh. So how she goes. How but, she goes. Maximizing the business. Yeah, maximizing. Um, sure, I disagree. Yeah, do the you other team. I don't. I do, actually I do. Sorry, I uh, I was pulling it up, and I have one with Minnesota. Um, but I don't love it, and I'm still workshopping it. But I like Minnesota to do something interesting. I don't know what, <laughs> but I want them to do something. They actually have cap space, and I love their team. Um, so I'm going to – I basically workshopped another version of a trade I did earlier uh, a couple podcasts ago when Jordan wasn't here. I go to the Leafs, and I help their cap situation out a little bit to maximize mine as best I can. 
And I trade for Alex Kerfoot and Justin Hall in exchange for Dmitry Kulikov and a second-round pick. Now, Kulikov's in there because of cap, um, and he will be able to play the right side for the Leafs. I know he's left-handed, but frankly, they need a veteran who can play that right side on that last pair. Um, and then a 2024 second-round pick, because I'm not giving you a 2023, because I'm not nuts, um, for just Kerfoot and Hall. And, yeah, I like Kerfoot. I, I think he could fit in as, like, these role players find a way on this team. Always find a way at Minnesota. We talk about Ryan Hartman all the time. Freddie Goudreau all the time. Like, these guys figured it out. Why can't Kerfoot make himself into a legit top six center in Minnesota? Or or even winger if you need to play him wing. Um, I, and then I, I wanted another right-handed D-man because I intend on eventually trading Matt Dumba. And I don't like the idea if I trade Dumba and I don't get a D-man back. I don't like the idea of having Jared Spurgeon as my only right D. I guess I have Callan Addison too. But how... I know you don't, you have feelings for this guy, but uh, what do you think of a Brandon Montour for Dmitry Kulikov swap? As that would save Florida a million dollars. Um, yeah, a little bit I, over I a would, million dollars. I would definitely... It would be the extra year as well Minnesota would get. And that's then, yeah. the part that a little bit sketchy. rolling two righties right now. Yeah. Um, I would... Uh, I would... Think Definitely want to get a pick back from Florida, like a small one. Nothing big, like fifth, fourth, fifth probably. Um, just for the extra year. Like the extra year with your with Minnesota's cap is kind of sketchy. Like the nice part about Kerfoot and Hall, it's a one-year deal. And if they don't really work out, I could trade them at the deadline and upgrade them as well. Um, or at least their cap space I can do. So... That's why I went and but yeah, I don't hate that yeah, in Florida. Um, sorry, Jordan, go ahead. No, I was just saying I I like it. Like you said, if you're gonna replace Dumba, there's a solid not a Dumba replacement, but a a right handed defensive. You can play a third pair, right, and do yeah, exactly. And um, and then like you said about Kirk, but I think I think he'd do bits in in Minnesota. Right. So. I want to see him. Yeah, and Justin Hall's from. He was a golfer, I believe, or something yeah. like that, wasn't he? I think something he's like a that. Minnesota native. Sounds about um, right so. to me. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And, and just, cool it works out the mold, too, because, like, Hall could maybe, like, you sign him and keep him. And with the Callan Addison coming up to take over Dumba's role in a few years, like, if I trade Dumba for some whatever I can get and then just find a small, what if I get Barry for a couple seasons just to do the offense of, like, Dumba? Like, literally just pure offense there or someone better at hockey than Barry at, on that right side. Just for, like, a two-year deal type of deal until Callan's ready to, like, take over, right? Oh, um, man, we're at that last year of that deal for Dumbo. Like, we I are. Heard a peep. I don't know if he's going anywhere, dog. I, I, I am like trading. Guy, so yeah, I get that. Because I, I just imagine him on so many teams. There's just so many teams that could use this guy. Yeah. Like, God, it'd be so great. And, and I think like, Minnesota oh. could utilize his cap space so brilliantly right now. Like, they really could right now um, with these buyouts. So, 
No, uh, I'm still obviously workshopping. Um, it's not perfect of a trade, but it's it's definitely an idea that I like. I like all the players going where they're going, essentially, in that trade. So, <laughs> so do you think Kerfoot would uh, what, play third I, line with that, like Goudreau and Boldy? Or that's what I got him. And... Yeah, that's what I got him playing is my third line with... Uh, uh, right now, I got just Jost there because he's, he plays wing. But I'd probably put Goudreau on that wing instead or Kerfoot on the wing and Goudreau at center. Um, with Joe Fossey playing there, bud, or what? Yeah. yeah, I do. I just didn't know. I Right now, he's at the fourth line type, like, sitting with my extras. I don't know what I would do with him. Uh, yeah. I could also, like, throw him on that second, on that third line. What if I move Matt Zugrello down to the third line and put, like, Rossi with... Dude, it'd be so cool if he could just play with the boys on the top, top line. And Krill, but yeah, that that's be probably sweet. not a good idea the first year. Because no. it's tough. Like it's tough with him because, like, can't play you play him line. center, and you don't have like great wingers. Like if you had Fiala still, I'd be all about playing him center because yeah. he could just play with Fiala. Right. It'd probably be pretty good for him, but. You could. Yeah, it gets a little dicey when he's playing with Boldy. Not that Boldy's not talented and not a good hockey player. It's just like now you're just slapping a young line together, and like right. maybe you got Frederick Goudreau as your vet on the line, and it's yeah. Or you bring Felino or Greenway down or something like it's. Yeah, it's hard it's taking that to... Legion of Doom out though, right? Like, oh, that line of Doom is insane. Of uh, Eck, Green, and yes. Moose. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly would experiment with Matt Zuccarello and either Boldy switching spots or him and Rossi for a couple of games here and there. I'd like to see Boldy take a step um, next year and maybe be, show he can play with a guy like Kaprizov at times. Um, and I would just utilize Rossi as best I can as like a third-line center in sheltered minutes um, against their bottom six to score what I would do best option but if Boldy doesn't work up there I, like you said I'm not that comfortable playing Boldy and Rossi on the same line but the Rangers made it work with their two young wingers and Heidel in the middle so never know yeah, hey. never know right I sure as hell didn't think no, Boldy and Fiala would be as dynamite as it was <laughs> yeah no definitely just uh trying to point out in general this is an interesting team for lines like i don't know how they're really going to make this work and like you're saying you're bringing up a trade for a reason they have something they can tinker with here they could absolutely they could take on a a mill or two or something like that they can take on four modes really take advantage of the situation they're in so really spice the lines up even more yeah and i'm also uh, another name i was looking to sign for them before we close out this podcast this is the final thing i got um i was looking at them getting erod um rodriguez i wonder if he would plug in as a fiala replacement for a season very nicely in the style of play um and it's another center option and might as well yeah. steal another great Penguins depth player like Goudreau again. So yeah, and he's right-handed. And he's right-handed. It helped a lot. A lot. A lot. No, that helped this team a lot for sure, man. So I think that'd be probably the perfect option because if he's still sitting there, man, like you gotta think he's one point five mil. You'll be able to get. He's not him. getting the two to three million dollar offer like that. No. Fuck! I feel like I had him down that he should get 
somebody should offer him four million dollars for a wow. year because yeah. he played or like like the points so you got and the way you played you could he played in Malkin's position he played in Malkin's position like, uh, injured obviously so. like that's like what he's asking for yeah um but still like I wouldn't be against somebody being like yeah can you actually do this yeah you know exactly like, right I want Vancouver um, to be interested but yeah, yeah, didn't go that yeah. no I like that I like that interesting cool yeah it's um, just the only thing I don't like is their small man this team's yes. pretty small that's the one thing that I keep finding is, yeah I keep finding forwards that are not big to fill in on some of these lines and it's kind right. of like hmm, yeah I, I agree with that they are a little tiny on uh, both ends at least they got Middleton that helps with their back end size at least um, but that is all we got for this week's edition of the podcast. All you need chill. is a big heart, buddy. A big heart. A big heart. Special message from Chase. All you need is a big heart. But go follow us on our social medias if you got a big heart on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. But for now, we'll catch you guys on Friday. Bye, guys.